Aaron. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The New York Times declared this weekend, let's get rid of God. That's right, the New York Times, an op-ed piece, let's get rid of God. He is responsible for war and violence, for oppression and suffering, and people must stop teaching about him. That's the New York Times that contains all the, contains all the news that's fit to publish, they say. Well, let's go back. Let's go back a few years, or actually a couple of decades in American history, and let's get a perspective on that as we launch into the program today. According to the Reader's Digest back in 1997, Here's the headline for the 75th anniversary of Reader's Digest, The Global War on Christians. The Global War on Christians. Then, Newsweek, 20 years later, declared, Christian persecution and genocide is worse now than at any time in history. The very same month, Just three years ago, the British Broadcasting Corporation declared Christians are the most persecuted group in the world. So here's the deal. It seems that Christians have become the most persecuted religious group in the world today. And evangelical Christianity is increasingly seen as a dangerous threat. But here's the question. How can this be as the world supposedly is rushing to democracy? It's a worldwide uprising against Bible-believing Christians from the land of the free to the homes only of the brave. Could it be actually be in the process of being led even from the White House? We're going to look at that here today on Viewpoint. And I'm glad that you've joined us this conversation with ever-increasing conviction talk that transforms. And this came from France France sees 245% rise in anti-Christian attacks. Then, from Christianity Today, this question, are U.S. Christians really persecuted? Are U.S. Christians really persecuted? Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by persecution. We're going to look at that here today with a special guest on Viewpoint. But perhaps it may come as a strange thing coming from the Russian Times. That's right, the Russian Times just last month. Biden says U.S. must lead the new world order. U.S. President Joe Biden raised eyebrows after he claimed a new world order would soon be established and it was up to the United States to lead it. The comment raised eyebrows in both the U.S. and around the world and resulted in new world order becoming one of Twitter's trending topics. The term New World Order has historically been used to refer to an era of great global change and has been used by politicians such as former U.S. President George H.W. Bush, former U.S. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, and former U.K. Prime Minister Tony Blair. But politicians and government officials have previously received criticism for using the term. Most recently, Dr. Kerry Chant, 
the chief health officer of the Australian state of New South Wales. She said, we will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the New World Order. Did you hear that, friend? We will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the New World Order. We may discover that this isn't just about Australia. This is about the United States. Journalists and other social media users criticized John for using the term, with former critis- uh, journalist Chris Urquhart writing that, quote, government officials would be well advised to avoid phrases like the New World Order when they're talking at press conferences about massive limitations on people's freedoms. Massive limitations on people's freedoms. Is this journalist really telling us that Biden's promise of the U.S. leading a new world order is to put massive limitations on our freedoms? Apparently so. And that's why today on Viewpoint, we're bringing on a special guest, uh, Craig Huey, who uh, is a businessman. He's been involved in uh, so many different aspects of, uh, uh, well, actually, leading in the area of uh, marketing. He even has a report called the Huey Report. He is one of the leading, uh, actually ran in California against Maxine Waters uh, a couple of years ago as a Republican for the uh, Congress. And today he's joining us on Viewpoint to talk about something that few people would realize was taking place in the United States, creating a database of Christians, the bureaucracy of Joe Biden at war with Christianity. Craig, it's good to have you on the program. Chuck, it's great to be with you, and and indeed, there is worldwide a war on Christianity. Indeed, in the United States, very few people recognize how bad it's become, how aggressive it is, and what it looks like. And uh, and while perceptions overseas are different than perceptions here in the U.S., the reality is that Christians need to be aware of what is happening and what the dangers are in the days ahead. Well, it's like wokeism uh, has uh, replaced Christianity as the new religion and deprives us of free will. You know, Chuck, it, it, it's almost a, like an Orwellian attack mm-hmm. on people of faith. Indeed, uh, uh, with, with this idea that the Biden administration secretly, with no media coverage, has started to collect the database of Christians and people of faith. Uh, I mean, this is this is uh, so dangerous. Has so many implications uh, that 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 your listeners should be very very concerned. And of course, there's other things we can talk about. It, it, this this is just part of the picture of what's happening with the federal government's attack on Christian organizations and Christians. Uh, the courts what's going on in the courts right now uh, that impact Christians because people of faith have been attacked. How about and, the military? Let's, 
oh, the military is one of the prime examples of this. It's a full uh, court press, isn't it? Of In the military, it's a full full court press. I think. Yeah, it is. It is, and, and, and that's one of the court cases that's going on right now. There's three major court cases involving Christians before the Supreme Court. And in the case of the military, it's Navy SEALs and some other people in the military that have, out of religious conviction, refused to take the vaccination. And, and you know, they're supposed to be able to get a relig- religious exemption, and the military purposely is not allowing them to do so. The military purposely is basically trying to get them to resign and be discharged dishonorably. Well, we need to take a deeper look at this, and we're going to do that in the next three segments of the program. Friends, Craig Huey joining us to talk about this matter of the Biden attack on Christians. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. When we talk about a new world order, friends, what we're really talking about is global government, a la the kind illustrated in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, the fourth great world power known as Rome that is now resurrecting in the form of the EU and NATO. That's what's happening with the Russian attack on Ukraine. It's binding together NATO as never before into the final expression of the one world western world order and one of the premier characteristics of that is going to be that it is ruled by a godless leader one who comes and introduces himself with flattery uh, in a political sense is going to curry favor with the world including many professing christians and then Once he comes along and uh, facilitates the rebuilding of a third temple, which we talked about yesterday, all of a sudden his true identity will be revealed, and he is not a person of great faith in God, but will declare himself to be God. He is the Antichrist or the counterfeit Christ. So one of the premier characteristics of our time is persecution against true followers of Jesus Christ. Persecution. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Why do you think you should be different than your master? Well, what we would not have expected in our country, because we thought we were a people under the God of the Bible, that we were a people of Christian faith, as our founders declared, but in reality, it's not so anymore. In reality, a president has been elected, in fact, two in a row, who were not favorable to the God of the Bible, notwithstanding a professing Catholic faith. In fact, the Biden administration 
And the entire bureaucracy that it runs is at war with Christianity, creating a database of Christians. Where is that going? What are its implications? And why should we care? Is there anything that we can even do about it? Our special guest today, Craig Huey, talking with us about this uh, issue, how the U.S. federal bureaucracies are, bureaucracies are collecting a database on Christians working for the federal government. Uh, this is a, a, a pretty big deal, uh, Craig. And uh, first of all, I'd, I'd like to find out a little bit more about you. You're coming as an expert witness, as in a former trial lawyer. Uh, I always had to qualify my expert witnesses to testify as an expert. So what yeah. makes you an expert, Craig? Well, you know, Chuck, uh, first of all, I have one of the largest evangelical newsletters in America, uh, which is called Reality Alert. So it enables me to do the research. Uh, uh, much more beyond that is, you know, you may have seen me on Fox and Newsmax and uh, C-SPAN, a variety of others. I'm author of a book called The Christian Voter, How to Vote For, Not Against Your Values, and and a book on the deep state and just a, a number of books. But what makes me an expert on this? Well, first of all, I come from a Christian perspective. I, I accepted Jesus Christ, uh, uh, back in uh, college days mm-hmm. uh, in the 70s. And where did you and go to college? I, I was out in California, Long Beach State, and uh-huh. uh, somebody invited me uh, to—I lost a bet. And somebody invited me to come out to the tent out in uh, Orange County. Uh-huh. And, and uh, I, you know, Saturday night, I didn't want to go, and everybody— play music, and I had these visions of opera music, and and I, I, everything I could think of I tried to get out of, I end up, he comes through the door, I'm in a suit, and he's in flip-flops and a t-shirt and shorts, and we go out to this uh, tent, and, uh, and th- th- there's a rock band playing, <laughs> and the thing's filled with a couple of thousand uh, 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 people in their teens and 20s and early was 30s. this chuck smith this was chuck smith uh-huh and, and uh uh you know and they were t- he was talking about a personal relationship with god He was talking about jesus dying on the cross for my sins about how he rose from the dead and and uh i, I couldn't believe it and and, and uh, shortly after that i accepted christ and you know it, it was transformational Mm-hmm. And one of the aspects of this was hearing a person speak at a church, and it was so moving and dramatic. He had been a prisoner in Eastern Europe, and he came to America. His name was uh, Pastor uh, Wormbrand. Yeah, Richard. Wormbrand. And he wrote a book called Tortured for Christ. Mm-hmm. And it talked about how under socialism and communism uh, that he was tortured. And, 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 and it, it, the book itself is amazing even today. Yep. Richard Wormbrand. Uh, yeah, and, and what it did is talk about how throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, you take a look at the New Testament, you take a look at Acts and the and, and the book of Philippians, and, and throughout the Scripture, you're seeing 
persecution going mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. and a warning of persecution. But Wormbrad was in was in communist Romania, right. and uh, we're in we're in supposedly God fearing America. How yeah. could this kind of thing have metastasized to God fearing America? I could, so, so I've always had my view on the communism and people under persecution overseas. But then my pastor Chuck Smith once said. I believe this type of persecution is going to happen in America someday. We have to have home Bible states because they might close down churches someday. And he really believed in that. And he, he also had a heart for, for our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ, mm-hmm. sending Bibles, smuggling them into China, and so many different things. And, and so that's always been my impression. And then about nine, you know, in the 1990s, late 1990s, Mm-hmm. In the early 2000s, what I saw politically happen was such a transformation within our culture and our politics that more and more laws and regulations were being established that were really aimed at undermining people of faith, destroying our First Amendment rights, destroying, uh, uh, you know, trying to, to silence Christians. And, you know, as one New Jersey judge said, I'm sorry, New Mexico judge said, Christians must learn to compromise, if only a little, to get along with others. Well, these types of things were troubling to me. And so mm-hmm. I started, you know, taking my interest in the persecuted church overseas to my interest here in the U.S. And so I've been following what's been happening in the courts, what's been happening in the legislatures, what's happening in Congress, and especially the ideologically driven uh, bureaucracy in developing a coordinated assault on people of faith, a war on Christianity mm-hmm. that America has never seen before. There's been no no history in, in our nation that comes close to what's being done to silence Christians, to uh, make, make them compromise, to be able to set them aside, and to frame us kind of like in Rome. You know, Chuck, in Rome, what happened was under Caesar, Christians were uh, hated. And they were, but in fact, they were called haters, just like they're we're being called haters today. Mm-hmm. And why were they called haters? Because they wanted to be countercultural. They wanted to change culture. They would see a Babies thrown on the side of the road, that was a form of abortion. They would pick those babies up and nurse them and save them. That was repulsive to Caesar and, and the Roman Empire. So that which, was, the, that which was loving was called hate, and that which right. was hateful was called loving. Exactly. Isn't that what's happening they, today in, in America? Totally. Totally. If I got on the air today on a secular station, if I go to a college campus, if I go to even a, a, a high school campus, and I talked about different things based upon a biblical doctrine, mm-hmm. I'll be called an extremist. I'll be called uh, a, a, a hater. I will be called someone who is uh, insensitive and intolerant. Yeah. You know, and if we're labeled and we're marginalized, where that would never happen before in our culture, never happened before in America, right. but it's happening today. All right. So with that background, I'm glad I asked you the question. 
I appreciated your account of your life and exposure and how you came to this point. Um, with that background, how can we possibly comprehend the Biden administration now carrying a full court press through federal bureaucracies to collect a database on Christians working for the federal government. What What is that all about? Is there any uh, response to that? Is there any legal response to it? And how did this come about? So there has to be a response to it. So we'll get to that in a second. But how did this come about? Throughout every department in Washington, D.C., the bureaucracy is trying to bypass legislation and, and make legislation through the bureaucracy, do regulations, do policies. And part of those policies are aimed at people of faith. Yeah. They're an outright attack of uh, Department of Education. All right. So these are not, these policies are not coming by acts of Congress. No. They're not coming no. through the democratic system. They're no. actually being perpetrated through the executive branch as a dictatorship upon the American people. Well said, and Chuck, it's a chilling infringement on a free expression of faith, on our First Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. And now we have 79 agencies that we know of, 79 agencies, where federal employees, but not just federal employees, contractors to the federal government, not just the contractors to the federal government, but vendors, if they have asked for a religious exemption to receiving a COVID-19 vaccination, basically identifying themselves as a Christian, mm -hmm. the ideologically driven bureaucracy now is collecting all the information it can on them. And, and, and so basically what, what, what they're doing is they're collecting um, not only their names, but their religious affiliation, the date of birth, their job title, their home address, their age, where, you know, what their job is, what their history is, copies of the religious exemption request, and they're sharing it among the agency. Wow, so this is this is amazing. You talk yeah. about Orwellian. This oh, yeah. this is as close to Orwellian as we've ever seen in this country, I think. Totally. I mean, you know, and whether it's the Department of Justice, which is the worst defending agency, or the Department of Health and Human Services, the next one, or the Department of Treasury or Transportation, Social Security Administration, Federal Election Commission, all these are doing this. And just think of this, Chuck. It will make someone think twice before they ask for a religious exemption. It will open the door to discrimination for promotion or having a job, because if you see that they've asked for this religious exemption, you know they won't go along with the deep state, ideologically driven bureaucrats. They'll be at odds with them. Uh, if you're trying to move from one agency to the next, it's probably become impossible. This is, this is a way to totally weed out uh, employees who are Christians uh, from every single agency of the federal right. government, and every single agency of our military. Yeah. Can you imagine the effect of this to root out all Christians 
from the military. So just where's the there's no morality left. No, no. Now just think of it. There's four million civilian and military employees. The ten percent of them uh, identified themselves because of the religious exemption. That's four hundred thousand people. What do we know about these people? We know that it, th- th- these are probably evangelical Christians who pray, who pray for our nation, pray for that department, pray for the people that are working with them and working working for. What, what, who are these people? They probably have prayer groups. They probably have home mm. Bible studies. They're, they're like the powerful influence of, of not only evangelism, but just, you know, part of the Holy Spirit restraining the evil there. Exactly. That, that, that is the important point. We'll get back to that after this break. Friends, we're talking with Craig Huey concerning the Biden's war on the Christian faith. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint determines destiny, friends. There are no neutral viewpoints. You know that. Every single viewpoint that we have, in some way or another, is determining destiny. Therefore, it's very important that we understand the, the direction, the dynamics that are taking place under color of law in this country. And the current administration is carrying on the same spirit that the Obama administration carried on for two terms, and that was a war on the Christian faith and the raising up of Islam. Now, it's not as if Biden is raising up Islam, but he is continuing the war on the Christian faith while claiming to be a Christian. Yet every one of his stances with regard to the issues of our time that we're facing is anti-biblical, and anti-Christian. So as it's what as it's often said, your word your your actions speak louder than your words. I received this question in an article today. Are we on the verge of the tribulation described in the book of Revelation? Well, how would you answer that question? There is much we could say about the word tribulation, since the Bible doesn't describe something specifically called the tribulation of a seven-year period. What it does describe is a great tribulation. That's a word that Jesus used in Matthew chapter 24, a period of maybe three and a half years, three years, three and a half years. But then there's a period leading up to that great tribulation that is often referred to as the tribulation. 
So I ask you a question. As we see Christianity under increasing assault all over the world, and now even in America, the land of the free increasingly becoming only the home of the brave, would you not say, in all honesty, that we are, even in this country, entering a period of tribulation? How serious does it have to be before you admit it? Do you have to see thousands of Christians having their heads cut off in America before you would admit that? By then it's too late. By then it's way too late. Right now, we are seeing under color of law, not through acts of Congress or through democracy, but through executive fiat, that is, dictatorial order through the agencies of the federal government mitigating dramatically against Christians. And one of the major ways that they're doing it now is to set the stage through creating a database of all Christians associated in whatever way with the federal government and echoing out into those who are employed by the federal government in a separate agencies, separate businesses, and so on uh, around the country. This is vast. And, Craig, as you listen to, to this, how vast really is this? What kind of numbers could, might we be talking about? Well, uh, I think I mentioned there's 4 million civilian and military employees. So let's just say 10%. Uh, got the religious exemption. That's 400,000 people who are now going to be a target for discrimination and, and to be, uh, eliminated from the ideologically driven bureaucracy. So the, they understand this bureaucracy. You know, mo- most listeners, of, for, for your listeners in the U.S., uh, a, a bureaucracy, you know, you think, well, they're inefficient, they're wasteful, uh, they do some essential services, uh, but you don't think of them as political. But just like you mentioned, this started with Biden. He was the first one to introduce a third element to a bureaucracy. A bureaucracy is, is composed of three main divisions uh, today. The two are traditional. The traditional tradition is, one, a bureaucracy exists to protect itself. It exists to operate so it's not going to be attacked, basically kind of in secret. Mm -hmm. It's going to be uh, doing its thing without anybody noticing. The second thing that bureaucracy from the beginning of government has been, wherever it is, it wants to expand. It wants more money, more power, more control. That's the normal bureaucracy. But Biden, uh, I'm sorry, Obama introduced a third element, which Biden has carried on, and which during the trend, the time between the two with Trump was in existence. And that is Biden, uh, Obama introduced an ideologically driven uh, bureaucracy that back when uh, Obama became president, Mm-hmm. If you went to Washington, D.C., you noticed something that was really different. So, Chuck, you're, you're close to D.C., 
And and you may have noticed this, that if you went to the restaurants, you went to the streets when Obama was president, when he became president, he brought in uh, thousands of people into the bureaucracy. He appointed them to different positions, high to, to low to whatever he could. And then who were these people? They were out of college. They were in their 20s. They were in their early 30s. They were ideological uh, uh, left-wing, pro-socialist, anti-value. Uh, uh, anti-God. Uh, Anti-God people who were then selected to go into the administration, not because they had skills, not because they had education, not because they could do a better job than some other uh, person in a department, because they were ideologically in a line with Obama to transform our culture and transform our politics. And the bureaucracy turned into a way to bypass Congress to be able to make decisions through regulations and coercion of the, uh, of the power of the state. Well, it's interesting that uh, Ob- uh, that uh, Mr. Biden is well known now to have brought in, back in, many, if not most, of those Obamaites. Oh, they, that they were... control it. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they control... Yeah, they control the whole thing. And, and, and so, uh, uh, under Trump, if you remember this, all of a sudden there was what was called the resistance. And they came out with a, a publication called uh, 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 invisible. And, and what this was, it was the deep state undermining every policy Trump tried to do. So if Trump was trying to do something, there would be a leak. If Trump tried to do something, they would sit on it. If Trump tried to do something, there would be a way to sabotage it. It was a complete resistance. And just before uh, uh, President uh, Obama left office. He changed two important rules within the bureaucracy. One was how you cannot fire most of the bureaucrats. So Trump had no ability to fire them. And then part two of what he did, there's the executive services. It was uh, uh, Obama's secret army, it's called. Uh, and and it, the executive services is the group that hires people. So he put in place the executives that would make the decisions of who to hire, that even under Trump, they were people who were loyal to Obama. And and, and so there was that resistance. And now that uh, Biden has been president, he brought more people in. He did what he could to purge who he could. And now the only other way he can get rid of opposition, well, one of the ways here is this database. Wow. And that's what we're seeing. You know, thank you so much for that uh, little history there. What we're looking at here, we've talked so much about the virus and how it spreads, but this is far more virile than the virus. This is, this is spiritually deadly to the country and yep. it is being spread intentionally, not negligently, but intentionally to root exactly. out uh, all aspects, vestiges of not only our heritage, our godly heritage, but also of those who would be carriers of that godly heritage in the current generation. This is 
Yeah. It's 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 spiritual genocide is what it's about. Yeah, I think it is. And that's why your listeners, it's so important they share this program and this information with friends and neighbors. Because really, when you get down to it, it's this. Religious freedom is the foundation of every other freedom we have. So religious freedom is the foundation of all other freedoms. Yeah, it's called America's so, first freedom. So it's the fundamental freedom in the country. Mm-hmm. And here's why. You can't control an entire group of people if they believe that there is authority higher than the government. We believe there is an authority that is higher than the state. And, 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 and remember what these bureaucrats are doing that are imposing this database. Their God is the government. Their, their religion is to transform our entire nation based upon having people submit to what they think is their utopia through socialism, through, through uh, uh, a, a godless type of economic, political, and social climate. They think that they have a moral superiority over us, and they look at us as haters, as extremists, as ones who need to be silenced, censored, and marginalized. So when we talk, we hear all this talk about Twitter, and we hear talk about Facebook and uh, these other social media uh, things that are being used to cancel, cancel out those who speak contrary to the views of uh, radical, liberal, God-hating people like the current administration. And I know that there are listeners who are going to say, how can you say such a blanket statement, God-hating people? For the most part, they are. By their yeah. own admission, they are. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the Democrat National Committee uh, convention under Obama had a virtual war over whether or not the word God should even be mentioned in their platform. They literally had a war over it. That's how bad it is, and that was 12 years ago. So. Okay, hold on. You're going to have to hold that over. Pass this break, friends. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Our special guest today, Craig Huey, uh, talking about the Biden's uh, Biden bureaucracy's war against the Christian faith and against Christians uh, using a database that is being developed 
uh, purposely, intentionally, to identify Christians uh, who have actually requested a religious exemption uh, concerning whether or not they would take the uh, vaccine or the jab. So, uh, Craig, you were very uh, eager to uh, carry on there before the break. Do you still have that thought in your mind? I do, and, and it's an important thought because, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at an upcoming election that we have to remember this. What we're faced with is a group of people, supporters of what President uh, Biden and the bureaucracy are doing and the president and the bureaucracy itself, that really believe they're on a mission to uh, accomplish great things. And they got to make sure there's no opposition in the way. That's how they're going to build the new world order, isn't it? Yes, and and, and Christians are considered an opposition, one Mm -hmm. of the worst. That's why they were so glad the churches were shut down, and they wanted to keep churches shut down. They Mm -hmm. didn't want to have home Bible studies, and they didn't want to have prayer meetings, and they didn't want to have people worship, and and, 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 and these these, uh, terrible uh, unconstitutional laws were put into place, not by legislation, but by bureaucrats. And, And here's one of the things that people need to realize. In America, because of the education system, because of the Department of Education, because of the school boards and the school uh, unions, from kindergarten on up, a anti-Christian, pro-socialist, anti-American ideology is being taught to kids. And what has happened, that kids uh, from even Christian families leave school, go to college, come out, and what do they declare? They usually don't declare, I'm a Buddhist. They don't declare, I'm Hindu. They don't declare, oh, I'm now an agnostic. I'm an atheist. You know what they declare? I'm nothing. I'm mm-hmm. none of these other religions. And that's why they're called the, the nuns. The nuns. And that 30%, 30 to 32% of the population today would be identified as nuns most of them under 30, and they're the fastest-growing group, and they're the ones who are now doing these uh, attacks because they think we're intolerant. We mm. think that we're uh, uh, that part of this hating group, and they're the ones promoting love. They're the ones promoting tolerance. So they're intolerant to us in the name of tolerance. Yeah. And... Uh, and it, it, this, this, this is going to be reflected in the votes. They believe that because of the growth of the nuns and the fact that Christians don't vote, they know that in any church, evangelical church, 40 to 50 percent of the people are not registered to vote. They know that during the primaries, the one where uh, 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 the, the most important election of all to get the right candidates elected, that some those who are registered, some 70% of the Christians don't vote. And then in the general election, about 50% of those who are registered don't vote. They consider the Christians not to be important in an election cycle at all. Most political parties ignore the Christians because they don't think they're going to go out and vote, and they're not an important voting bloc. Because they've been intimidated to silence or because they've been led to believe what's the use. 
What's yeah. the use? And, 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 and many believe that to vote is not uh, an act of faith. Uh, it's an act of politics, and therefore we don't want to get involved. Yeah. It, 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 and really, the fastest way to lose a school board election, a congressional race, a governor's race, the presidency, is for people to have a feeling, my vote will count. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather wait for the, the rapture. I'd rather not uh, let my voice and you know be 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 uh, be part of this because I, I, I you know I, I I don't know who to vote for, you know all these different excuses. The fact is, we're we need to vote for our values, not against them. Right. And we need to be able to stop this type of evil because if we're silent, this database is just one of so many things coming down from Washington D.C coming down from the state legislature, even in our cities, in our counties, in our school districts, that Christians have allowed to take place. But I, I see, Chuck, a revolt taking place in school districts all across America with Christians rising up. And I, 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 see, I see, you know, uh, these, these radically uh, 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 pro-socialists, uh, 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 anti-Christian mm-hmm. school board members being either recalled or uh, losing the election and, and people who want to make changes taking place. A revolt has taken place and, and, and so I see some hope mm-hmm. but we can't be overwhelmed by despair because a vote basically is an expression of love. A vote is an expression of, of trying to further the gospel. Well, it's, a, it's an know. expression of your choice and your belief system. Yeah. Edmund, Edmund Burke once said, the only thing necessary for the triumph, triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. He also said, I can't do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I should do, and by the grace of God, I will do. And uh, unfortunately, many default because they think they're insignificant, but uh, we're not insignificant. And we're not talking here about uh, political warfare, per se. We're talking about spiritual warfare. Ultimately, this is a spiritual war, isn't it? It it definitely is. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So, you know, know, the vote is important, but the prayer is important. Mm. Speaking out, sharing information. Every one of your listeners has the ability to share your program with friends and family. They can do it with Getter, with Twitter, with Facebook. There's a variety of ways they can share and, and be an army of positive influence. Uh, and, 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 and we need to see that yeah. because we re- really are in dark times. And these are dangerous times for people of faith. I am so glad that you joined us here. You know, it's curious to me because most of our guests will be coming on and they'll have a book that they're trying to promote. Uh, I don't hear you promoting any books. Uh, why is it that you want to spend an hour with us here to talk from your heart with these uh, on these issues? Well, I, I have a passion to have uh, the church wake up to what's happening. Mm-hmm. And and not to sit passively by and let it happen, and 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 I've seen what good can happen. I've seen what good can happen when Christians are able to take over a school board. 
I can see what's happened when Christians are salt and light within the state legislature. Mm-hmm. I've seen what's happened when the, when a president is a person who's willing to allow people with faith to express that faith. I'll give you one example. Um, I, my wife and I got a really great honor. For a couple of years, we were invited we, uh, to, uh, to, to an event in Washington, D.C., the first one of its kind ever. And who did it? Uh, a, a Christian uh, named uh, Sam Brownback mm-hmm. and, uh, and Mike Pompeo. All right. And they did a first-time-ever meeting at the State Department where they invited government heads and leaders from all over the world to come. And they kind of, you know, made it like, you got to come. <laughs> and they would come, and, and what it was, it was a whole conference talking about uh, religious freedom worldwide, mm-hmm. not having the persecution. Now, it, it was persecution of any people of faith, whatever their religion, but the fact is Christians are the most persecuted people in the world. And the people in the audience, their governments were persecuting Christians. Mm-hmm. And, and so they had speakers talking about their torture, about their killings, about the hangings, the beheadings. They had people from China. They wow. had people from the Sudan. They had people from all over the world uh, testifying what was happening to them. And Mike Pompeo and, and Sam Brownback and the other speakers came up and said, you've got to sign this pledge to protect people of faith. And, and only a half a dozen countries did, but was the start of rolling back the persecution and, and to having them put a restraint on the killings and, and the destruction of uh, people's mm. homes and businesses and stuff. And it was an amazing, amazing effort. And very few Christians know how mm-hmm. powerful that was. Now, now uh, comes in Biden, and he dismantles the entire thing. Yeah, And, and, and so uh, instead of People promoting religious freedom worldwide. What Biden's doing is putting on uh, embassies all over the world, U.S. embassies, uh, the gay flag. Isn't that amazing? Promoting abortion. He's promoting, uh, 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 you know, uh, all kinds of curriculum that is really Mm. uh, reflective of a socialist, anti-Christian ideology. And that's what he's doing. Craig, I have a question for you. Yeah. I want to take you back to a statement you made about Chuck Smith there, the founder of Calvary Chapel in the early days of the Jesus uh, revolution there in Southern California. You said that he told you all there that uh, the time was going to come in America where people would not be able to gather in churches as we know it, that, that they needed to be prepared to begin to worship in homes. Correct. Speak yes. more to that, if you will. Yes. He put together a study course. It was one of the first home Bible studies I ever taught, and it was all because he was spreading through Calvary Chapel, eventually through the Calvary Chapels that were starting up all over the U.S., mm-hmm. and so many churches worldwide uh, were using this blueprint of having a home Bible study. Because the home Bible study is so critical. It, it's what you're seeing happen, you know, in communist China, secret mm-hmm. uh, studies in people's homes. It's what's happening in the Middle East. It's what's happening in India. It's what's happening in so many countries where they're persecuting the Christians. And, and so uh, uh, it, it, it's something where 
um, who would have said, you know, I mean, really, if, if, if three years ago I told you, you know what, Chuck, the churches are going to be closed down for months, maybe a year. And, and, and you're, nobody would have you know, believed it. Nobody would have believed it in California. Who would have believed in California that they would actually dictate that you could not have a home Bible study, actually dictate you couldn't have a home prayer meeting, actually dictate that it was illegal to worship. And, and, and look how quickly the American people, including Christians, said also, also, and bowed down to the edict. That, that's exactly right. What was it? Let me tell you, Chuck, here, here, here's the thing that will make you sick. It was the bureaucracy and the bureaucracy money and Biden who went out and organized churches, sent money to Christian organizations, and sent money to Christian publications to promote the lockdown of the churches and, and other things related to getting a vaccination. He, they tried to use the church as a weapon to silence the church. And quite frankly, a major part of the election of 2020 was the silence of the church. That mm. so many churches were closed. So many churches, the people were disorganized and, 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 and afraid to come home uh, to church or, or mm. not able to come to church. It was a sad, sad day in America. Well, that's where we are, unfortunately. And I, I have historically loved my country. I have been a flag-waving, uh, even from childhood, 10 years of age. This is my country, grandest on earth. I pledge you my allegiance, America the bold, for this is my country to have and to hold. But quite frankly, my pledge of allegiance increasingly is to the kingdom of God and his righteousness and his alone. Uh, God and God alone is fit to take the universe's throne. Let everything that breathes reserve, reserve its truest praise for God, friends, and God alone. Thank you so much, uh, Craig, for joining us. I believe that we've established a true kingdom connection between us. And friends, become a partner with us. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. The, the press is on, friends. Help us to get the message out more broadly increasingly until Jesus comes. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.